0: Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Too Legit. Once again, it's your girl, Anna, AKA Anna Mission.
1: And I'm Kelsey Jandoc, I go by KJ, AKA Cage the Doer.
0: Yes, this is a podcast for non-traditional law students with non-traditional backgrounds. Our goal of this platform is to give those who are thinking about law school or who are already in law school, some tips and tricks on how to navigate the legal profession, but in a strategic way, of course. If you've listened to us for the past four seasons, you know that yours truly was a former registered nurse.
1: And I'm a former flight attendant and still currently a serial engineer. Yes.
0: Okay. So KJ, on today's episode, we have a Uh really special special guest. We have a double feature. I'm so excited (laughs) to have these two wonderful ladies on to talk about two little topics okay i'm just gonna you know be honest with y'all i've been slot low-key stalking them for like the past year and a half on instagram
1: yeah. <laughs> she has, she has all,
0: actually has I think so much. We kind yeah. of started or maybe y'all started a podcast right before we started and your page was one of the pages i was looking at and i was like wow we can do this if they can do this we can do this and so i'm so glad that they're here and mm-hmm. they have passed the bar mm-hmm. and they're gonna give all their tips and tricks on the California Bar and what it means to be an attorney. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce the fantastic Kayla and Suna. Say hi, ladies. <laughs> Hello.
2: Hi. Thank you for having us. It's so awesome.
0: On All Rights
1: Reserved Podcast. Uh, all
0: yes. Rights Reserved Podcast. Yes. Um, check them out. But yeah, uh, before for our listeners who don't mm-hmm. stalk you, can you give them um, <laughs> just let them know like who you are and where you're from and what you did before law school?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can just take it away and then we can move on with Kayla. Uh, my name is Suna. I uh, well, both Kayla and I attended southwestern law school here in California, and we both Mm -hmm. work in entertainment law. Um, I am Mm -hmm. originally from Istanbul, Turkey. I'm half American, so I was born in Oregon, but I grew up there. Um, My dad is Turkish, my Mm -hmm. mom's American. I came to the states for college Mm -hmm. in like 2010. I went to UVA. I I studied economics economics too. There, (laughs)
0: nice.
3: Yeah, it's a very. I think it's a very practical major. Um, Very analytical. Especially like if numbers don't scare you that much, like you learn a lot. But also I think the analytical framework of it goes well with law school. But um, all throughout college, I was also very, very into music. I was a singer-songwriter. I was a part of a student-run record label there. And that kind of led me to LA to try to pursue something in the music business And I worked for a few years before um, going to law school. So I guess like I'm a little, you know, untraditional as well. I worked in real estate for a little bit. I worked in um, fashion for a little bit. And right before law school, I got my first job in entertainment law as a, well, an executive assistant at a production company doing film and TV business affairs. Oh, cool. And throughout all of that, I was basically just able to narrow down that I wanted to be in the music industry. But I also nice. wanted to be in a position where I had a little bit more influence than just like, you know, starting and working your way up or something. Mm-hmm. And I talked to some lawyers throughout the process. And um, as a result, I was like, oh, maybe law school is something for me. So I ended up making the decision to go to law school to become a music lawyer. And I can happily say mm-hmm. that I've achieved that goal. Yay. I work at a big law firm doing um well, mm-hmm. it's not all talent side, but it's talent side. We also represent um, music startups or music companies, a lot of producers, artists, singer-songwriters. Um, it's really cool. And um, I didn't think that the path was going to work out as quickly as it did, but um, here we are. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: I He's love every that. bit and yeah. piece of your experience.
3: you got to be strategic exactly. about it, I think, if you're going to do law school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, making sure that that's what you want to do, I think is the first important
2: step. That's awesome. <laughs> so cool.
1: Totally. Totally. What about you,
2: Kayla? Yeah. Yeah. Suna, Suna's a superstar. So I'm a little bit different to her. Um, I was born and raised in Los Angeles. I am a first generation um, law student, though. My parents were actually born in oh, South wow. Africa, same with my grandparents. And then they emigrated <laughs> here. Um so yeah, I was like the first generation right born in, you know, America to begin with like, uh, stand up. And I don't really have any attorney. <laughs> yeah, and I and I don't have any exactly and I don't really have any attorneys in my family I mean my aunt is an attorney but she was an attorney in South Africa so no like Mm -hmm. American attorney and it's so different so you know I didn't really have anyone to really go off of um in terms of becoming an attorney I didn't really know what to expect but I'm so glad that I made it here but yeah so I was born and raised in LA um I went to UC Santa Barbara while I was there, I, I focus on entertainment. I worked at a TV station. And then like my first job out of college was a production assistant on So You Think You Can Dance. So like, nice. I always wanted to work in TV. I love TV. Clearly, that's like all I do, especially reality TV. That's like my passion, uh, which is really funny. I know. <laughs> Literally,
0: it's mm-hmm. like,
2: I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. like, I could work on reality TV all day. But Um, so yeah, so, and then I worked for an entertainment law firm for about almost two years after I graduated college. So I also Mm -hmm. took some time off, like, Suna. They, that was kind of the reason why I was interested in going into law, actually, uh, working at this litigation firm. Awesome. At the time, I didn't really know the difference between, like, what litigation was versus transaction. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't really know any of that. But when I got Mm -hmm. to law school, that's when I just had all my internships in entertainment, And that's kind of where I started to figure out what I was interested in. Um, And I'm, I'm really lucky. I've worked at a bunch of studios. I don't have as much law firm experience, but I worked at a ton of studios because I'm so lucky to live in LA where I can. And it's so convenient for me. Um, And so, yeah. So then when I graduated, I took the bar and then when I was looking for jobs, I got really lucky to, Mm -hmm. you know, start my career at a production studio. It's a it's a french production company they do development they do production so it's really cool i i learn everything from you know starting a show with with the creative ideas all the way to you know post-production where we're doing Mm -hmm. like the end roller credits so i'm learning everything from start to finish and it's it's been a really good experience so far especially you know for learning and so yeah that's kind of where i am now and i'm just so happy to finally be an attorney so
1: (laughs) yeah congrats can't wait to be in your guys seats this is like just yeah such great motivation Mm -hmm. you know because a a lot of people who listen are like usually our classmates so like a lot of 3Ls were just all in that place where we don't fully (laughs) know where we fit and like how things there's so many big things just coming up right around the corner so just to hear (laughs) that other people did it and they made it happen
3: like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We promise. <laughs> it was like, I mean, we had really exactly. bad senioritis in yes. like the spring semester of 3L. So if, if you're feeling the same way, that's normal. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's a, law school is just a whole process. But
1: yeah. Right, right. What yeah. about your,
0: um, your podcast? All Rights Reserved. Can you speak a little br- briefly about that? Yeah.
3: So basically, obviously like Kayla and I were friends right. at Southwestern. And one day we were talking about getting into mm-hmm. entertainment law and how it feels like this big secret. When at the end of the day, a lot of it is networking, which we touch on a lot on our podcast. But we were just talking and I remember we were like texting or something. It was like summer after 2L. And, yeah. and we were just like, Right, no, we have a lot to say and a lot to share. And like, why don't we just start a podcast? Like everyone can start a podcast. It's not that, it's not as complicated as it like used to be or feel. Um, and it was sort of just, it came out of a place of there aren't a lot of entertainment resources for students maybe interested in that field. And, you know, unless maybe you know someone who's in it, or maybe you grew up in LA or, or, or New York or like one of the places where there's an established entertainment industry. Um, you know, if you don't know that, you don't know what the, the like the tips and tricks are to actually get into it um
0: that's awesome yeah
3: but like Kayla is amazing at networking and like getting her foot in the door in all these
2: places yeah and and I and I think it happened because of COVID too because we (laughs) had that extra time and you know (laughs) then we ordered our cool microphones and we were like let's just do it like what what's gonna yeah no and it, it it's been really fun and we've got so many like we've had yeah, such good response not? to it too. And I think we've genuinely helped people, which is what you know, we love to do in the first place. So I've right. I've loved having a podcast. It's it's yeah. been really fun.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Isn't fun. it
1: such a nice thing to have aside from like the school stuff yeah. too?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: And you guys got such a great great niche. And you know, I'm a I'm our uh former sports and entertainment mm-hmm. um law association president. Nice. So like having you guys is like super, alright you All right, cool.
0: y'all. Well, like I said, we have two fantastic guests. So we had to have two topics, area spotlight, so to speak. <laughs> and yeah. so the first topic that we're going to talk about is the California bar. Um, it's notoriously the hardest <laughs> bar and 48%, which is, if y'all don't do math, that's less than half of the people who take it <sighs> the first mm-hmm. time do not pass. And these two ladies, like I said, are fantastic. They passed it on the first time. So we're definitely gonna pick their brains um, for those who are thinking of taking a California bar yeah. or just curious about the bar in general. Um, can, uh, Kayla and Suna, can y'all just give um, a brief overview mm-hmm. of how you prepared? Did you take a bar prep course? Did y'all study together? Or did you mm-hmm. you know, go to mm-hmm. the mountains and shut off everything? Or yeah. what did y'all do to prepare for this test? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay i can i can i can jump right in so um during our 3l we were yeah. so thankful that our school had bar prep courses um so we were able to start with the the bar prep courses like early on in our 3l so that kind of it gave us an initial overview on like what is that, that exposure crazy mm-hmm. test exactly Um, And so throughout 3L, we we did a lot of that. I, I attribute a lot of that to my success, I do have to admit. I think the early bar prep really, really helped. Um, Like two classes or one class, like fall semester and spring? Yeah. So in the fall, we took a Cal Bar writing class, which was just like how to, you know, just writing on the subjects that they usually test on. And then the performance test, which is something that like you have to practice. And the performance Mm, test is like we got a curveball on our bar exam. And so if I hadn't done that, like if I hadn't done that much practice, I don't know how I could have handled it. Um, wow! And then in the spring, we took an MBE class where we just learned okay. how to do a multiple choice question. It's a game; it really is. Right. Um, it's it a is, skill. Yeah. You just have to learn the skill. But yep. um, I both Suna and I use Themis. Themis was an amazing bar okay. prep company. Um, mm-hmm. We prefer we preferred it over Barbary because one, our school uses Themis a lot. Two, mm-hmm. we used it for the MPRE. Yeah, it's great, mm-hmm. and uh, the the videos are shorter and everything. So we use that. Um, we also used a lot of supplemental uh, materials as well. Um, we use something mm-hmm. called Adaptabar, which also has oh. extra MBE questions, and they are licensed questions. And I actually just heard that they released like 200 questions wow. this past year after we took ours, which is even better. So. Mm-hmm. And I know Adaptive Bar definitely has those. And we also use, you should. Yeah. Adaptive Bar is great. And then also okay. um, Bar Essays. So, what Bar Essays is, is you get wow. a subscription to Bar Essays. And long story short, anyone who wasn't successful on the exam can sell their graded essays to Bar Essays. And so, they basically have like a portal of every single mm-hmm. question on every single California Bar Exam essay and what yep. that person scored on that essay.
3: So like it was an incredible resource. Incredible. Like, it was the most useful resource yeah. ever. Because
2: because you're looking at the the released answers and you're like, I can't write that in wow. one hour. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Or the yeah. answers on Themus, exactly. they were just
3: totally unrealistic. So, so it like makes you feel better about yourself to see like, oh, this person got a 65. Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool. That's what kind of like mine was because you're you're really rooting for the bare minimum to pass. Like you don't right. have to get okay. stellar scores. You just need to right, pass. Right. So right, stage right. was really great because of that. Yeah, but okay. I
2: and and then okay. pretty much that was it. Um, like for me, I'm a very visual learner, so I would make posters and kind of like have posters. Um, up. your well, mnemonic. Oh, okay. I, ha- I make mnemonics. Those were my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very funny ones okay. you came
3: up with the best ones I'll never forget
2: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they're appropriate for uh screen Probably time not, but, but I can tell you them later if anyone wants to know they can dm us and we'll tell them <laughs> but
1: you... I'm excited yeah, no, I'll, already I'll,
2: I'll tell you but it's definitely something that you kind of have to figure out for yourself it's very yeah. like self-oriented, you kind of have to see what works best for you because what worked for me did not work for Suna and vice versa. So mm-hmm. yes, you right. know, yeah, Suna, why don't you say what worked for you?
3: <laughs> yeah. So basically, I mean Kayla and I did like 90% of the same thing. So Themis, mm-hmm. the bar prep stuff in 3L, um adaptive bar. I didn't use adaptive bar as much as she did, but it was mm-hmm. very useful to just get, you know, exposure to as many questions as possible. Um right. I learned a lot about myself during bar prep in the sense that like I learned what my learning style is. So I'm a kinesthetic Uh and visual learner. So kinesthetic learning just means like you have to have a physical component to what you're doing Mm -hmm. and you retain it better and like if you're visual Mm -hmm. you might also remember things by where you were when you saw something or like where it was on the page or stuff like that so for me I've always been like I have to handwrite things to remember so I got a whiteboard which is actually right behind me right now but um, (laughs) I would like write out my checklist and do that kind of stuff but I also listen Mm -hmm. to MBE um, podcasts and there was also Bar Exam Toolbox podcast was really great and hands-free MBE podcast was really great. So I would go for walks okay. and just listen to podcasts or like if I was stuck in traffic in L.A. Going if you were, in I would to a you were stuck in traffic. When you were stuck in traffic.
0: L.A. traffic is <laughs> not stopping.
3: That's true. No, no, that's a very good assessment. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing so it's like you kind of have to find things that work for you specifically because like a lot of what bar prep feels like is like oh I need to be doing this yeah. I need to be doing that or like everyone else right. is doing this I should be doing that too When is that's not true so it's like ha- yeah. you have to do what works for you so like for me just reading things mm-hmm. doesn't work for me I have to make my own like stuff so like my own notes so I actually made my own outlines which you know, to some people it might sound like it was a waste of time, but it wasn't for me because I was working with the material in an active way, which is the, right. the way that I learned. So I ended up making right. outlines and then attack sheets based off of those outlines and like checklists and like writing things, memorizing things like the whiteboard or just mm-hmm. I had a notebook where anytime I got an answer wrong, I would write out the rule and like write out the analysis so I could remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just mm-hmm. a lot of um, consistent work. And and the, the thing right. that's difficult about bar prep is like it's what, like 10 to 12 weeks of just studying for this one exam that feels so life right. or death because like, you know, it won't be yeah. the end of the world if you fail, <laughs> but it kind of derails your life for a little bit. And it's just like, there's just a lot of pressure surrounding it. And not to mention, it's not a very practical exam. Like the stuff on the bar, I have not right. come across in the real world. Um, mm-hmm. So right. I think a big...
2: Yeah. Especially yeah. in entertainment. So a big yeah. part of, like, I think yeah.
3: making it through is also focusing on your mental health and having a routine mm. for yourself mm-hmm. and recognizing when totally. you're burned mm-hmm. out and you need to take a break. Like, I had a few days where I was just, mm-hmm. like, mm. I feel like an idiot. I don't understand anything. I don't feel like I'm learning anything. Like, I, mm-hmm. I just could not for the day. So I would just stop because, like, you're not going to do yourself yeah any justice if you just try to keep working cramming information into your a brain that's not going to be receptive to it so yeah i think like that's a lot so of it um it just depends on who you are and what works for you and like kayla and i studied together a few times which was really mm-hmm. nice but i think like if you're going to study with people you should be aligned in the way that you study like kayla and i were pretty compatible and we kept each other accountable which was really mm-hmm. nice um mm-hmm.
1: yeah. but yeah
3: it's just it's just a lot of work and and I think one common misconception is that you have to completely ignore everything else in your life in order to study birth for the bar, oh. like be a hermit. Yeah. That's not yeah. true. Like you still need to interact with people. Okay. Like it's okay to socialize. Right. Like it's okay to see your friends. Yeah. Like it's okay to take a day off here and there as long as it's not like holding you back. And like, right. personally, I treated it like a nine to six job. Mm-hmm. But it was sort of just, like, okay. during the week, it was, like, 9 to 6. And then on the weekends, mm. I would start a little bit later. But I, I just tried to, like, not let it take over everything. Because there were some days where I did yeah. let it do that. And it was miserable. Yeah. So
1: mm-hmm.
3: it just mm-hmm. depends. <laughs> you got to find ways to switch it up. Yeah. Find what and works it's... for you. I, I highly recommend your learning style thing. Because, yeah. like, I think Bar Exam Toolbox actually has an episode about mm-hmm. this. Which might have been where I found it from. But, like it's very, very beneficial. And like, the more you practice, the more you repeat, the more it'll feel second nature. And then you'll be able to
2: recall it later. Also, if if this makes anyone feel any better, nothing comes together <laughs> until like literally the week or two before. So you, oh, could, be, you could be yeah. studying for days and hours and hours, which is what we did. And like the month before, I remember sitting right. there like crying because I was like, I don't know anything. Wow. I can't recite anything to you from heart. Right. Like, I just didn't know anything. And then yeah. things just started like coming to me as I started yeah. like doing closed book, you know, essays. Like things are literally just <laughs> popping in my head. And yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, whoa. Okay. Yeah. This is the way. Exactly. You knew a and, lot more. I mean, yeah. listen, I also attribute yeah. the fact that contracts was not on our bar exam
0: to oh the reason <laughs> why I
2: passed. Maybe that's because- or con law. Con law, con contracts, lawyer. and essays. property. So we got, I got very lucky. Yep. But- We lucked out. Yeah. I do have to say that if, God forbid, we did have it, I feel like I could, you know, pull yeah. it out of my brain somewhere because it's it's in there. Yeah, if for you sure. do the work, it's for in sure. there. And and you yeah. can do it. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and the, and the thing with that yeah. is, like, it's, what, like, 14 subjects that you're supposed to know. So, obviously, it's not oh, reasonable gosh. to expect yourself to be able to just recite 14 subjects, like, off the top of your head. But, like, once you get into an essay and right. you
2: dive in, things just start coming back out. And even <laughs> – right. Well, looking at baressays.com, like, you'll see that these people don't write half of what the model answer says to yeah. write about, and they still pass. You just need to write yeah. about, like, the overarching main issues mm. and then – you're golden. Like I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I wrote about California yeah. civil procedure on our exam and it mm-hmm. had nothing to do with California law. It was all federal. So <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. Yeah. It
3: didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause they're also, they're yeah. just trying to see if you can analyze an issue spot things. Like I remember during bar prep, like, I was often told, like, you know, just make up a rule. But as long as you, like, argue something mm-hmm. and you spot some issue that one of the issues, like, they're not going to give you as much points for regurgitating a it rule. Yeah. Um, they,
2: mm-hmm. they
3: really care about your ability to make arguments, basically. So, yeah, it's, right. it's a process and it's annoying. But you know yeah. try to be efficient with it like we finished the lecture videos on themis mm-hmm. early um just because mm-hmm. like those are really just refreshers at the end of the day cuz like we took all of our bar tested subjects in law school so nothing was new information for us right. at that point i mean like some nuances were right. but like not everything um and yeah. the reason we went with Themis over Barbary, for example, because Barbary's really popular was Themis's videos are much shorter. They're like maximum
2: 25 mm. minutes.
3: Barbary has some videos they're mm-hmm. like two hours. Um,
1: but oh, it depends
3: yeah. again, like if you're, if you're okay with that, that's great. But like, for me, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to get to a point where yeah. like, okay, I got my general overview done. Now I need to practice. And because that's where I learn, I just learn by application. So it's right. like, again, depends on who you are and how your brain works. Yeah. But work smarter, mm-hmm. not harder. Like and you don't have to stick mm-hmm. to whatever your bar prep company tells you to do to a T. Like if it's telling you to mm-hmm. watch a two hour video, but like you know you're gonna learn that better if you just skim the outline and start doing questions, like do that because like you're probably gonna get more yeah. from it.
1: I I know we went over so much, and I'm so happy that you guys have so many different sources for everybody because I like to have the array so we can see yeah. which one works for us the best, right? But I was wondering, okay, the thing that's stressing me out the most is like, The time from graduation in May till Mm -hmm. the bar in July, you know, that's like the main 10 to 12 weeks, Mm -hmm. right? That everyone talks about in that time. Are you guys also taking a course or is that when you're focusing on the Themis stuff and the, um, you're not taking another class during that time?
3: No, no. So no, we weren't. No. Cause like, uh, Themis, I mean, obviously like when we took the bar remotely, But like Themis was completely online. I think they have options where you can go and take a class, or they used to. But ours was completely self-directed in Uh that sense. And actually, Themis was nice because like it gave you a daily Mm -hmm. task list, and you know Mm -hmm. you might be ahead, so it like recalibrates, or like you can. It was very flexible in that sense, and like you could see where am I supposed to be? Am I I ahead? Am I behind? Like, and so you can plan certain things for certain days.
1: Which, yeah, um, yeah, like I missed a whole nice day because... for my friend's wedding. Mm, yeah. Like I, I literally missed an entire
2: sport. day of work and it was fine. i nothing, nothing happened. I took my birthday off yeah. and it was fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, good. You know, I think it's important for people to hear that because exactly. I think the way that we're taught is like, no, you can't take any breaks because no one else is taking a break, but I think it's nice to hear. But that's not sustainable. Yeah.
2: That's, not sustainable. <clears throat> that's not true. Yeah. If you don't take a break like i know people who didn't take breaks and were not successful they could have they probably studied even more than me yeah and it it made no difference because if
0: you're burnt out you're not going to retain
1: anything so true
0: did any of y'all work during your bar prep like even part-time no I,
2: di- I didn't work. I, I This was my full-time job. I mean, I do know that some people have to work, mm-hmm. and I think it is manageable, but it is tough you for sure. You might want to
3: start early if you're going to be working at but bar prepping. Exactly. Yeah. I know some people who started exactly. in
2: like February
3: just to take it like – or March just to take it like slowly mm-hmm. um, just because they knew they weren't going to have as much time is totally doable. Um, but, you know, Kayla and I were in a position where, like, you know, we can take out our loans, we can do whatever. Like, we're just going to devote our entire existence to this stupid exam for three yeah. months and then hopefully never have to do it again. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that, that's very smart. Because, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if you work and then you end up not mm-hmm. passing then you have to take Mm -hmm. it for another another three months not, yeah so Mm -hmm. gotta Mm -hmm. weigh the balances yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: worth it to put the other stuff on the back burner for a while yeah Yeah.
3: and obviously not everyone can do that Mm -hmm. but you can still you can plan around it you can plan ahead and it it doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful it just depends on the Mm -hmm. circumstances and being organized enough to figure it out yeah
0: yeah. All right. All right. Well, y'all have effectively scared the crap out of me. So let's <laughs> no. move on to the next no. topic.
2: <laughs> no, don't I'm be. I'm just scared. kidding. <laughs>
3: It's anxiety inducing. Uh, In 3L, like when Kayla and I were taking our like bar prep classes during the semester, it was very anxiety inducing because like it's Mm -hmm. that this is why, you know, you're working towards that point in law school to get there. But like whenever we maybe didn't do so well on a practice
2: essay or like a practice set of MBEs, it was like, oh no, are we going to fail the bar? Suna, remember I like pretty much failed the MBE midterm that we had. I remember getting that midterm back. I was in driving. I were, started hysterically yeah. crying. I was like, I'm going to fail the bar because because I, yeah. I got like below average on the midterm. It was like the funny, yeah. It, yeah. like I look back now and I'm, I'm like laughing at myself yeah. at how pathetic I was acting, but like, <laughs> you know, that's just how you feel. It's natural. Yeah. It's natural <laughs> to feel that way.
3: Because it's like it's a big moment that you're leading up to and like but also your law school's putting on the pressure too because they want to keep their rankings up and they want all their students to pass and blah, blah, blah. So it's like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure surrounding it, unfortunately, and that's like never going to go away. But, you know, if you just Mm -hmm. like day by day, just try to get more comfortable with the idea (laughs) towards graduation and then after that when you have your game plan and you can start like, you know. It, once you get in in it it won't feel as bad except when you're
0: like really burned out then it feels pretty bad
3: but it's okay everything is fine everything
0: works out now, okay one more one more quick question about the bar what makes what makes the california bar notoriously more <laughs> uh, difficult than any other bar or what, what would you say makes it more difficult I-
2: Okay, this is this is what I think. I think one because th- in order to pass, I think we need a higher MBE score. So I think we need a pa- I need we need more correct answers for the multiple choice, even though it's the oh. same across oh. the nation. I think you need the way it scales. Oh, yeah, you scale need it per more. State, right? Correct. So that's one, two. Yeah. There's a lot of California-specific subjects. So we have like California wills and trusts. We have um, California community property, California mm. evidence, California Civ Pro, et cetera. Mm. So you need to know the distinctions. And right. so if you're taking, you know, the UBE in another state, you kind of just, it's it's the same. Right. It's all jumbled. It's the same exact law. And so I I guess you don't have to learn those nuances, but I think that's what makes it difficult, the fact that you need to know the distinctions between the two. Because if you get tested on that you're gonna have to show the the, the graders yeah. that you know okay. the distinction mm. so i i think that's what makes it notoriously harder i mean listen every bar mm. is gonna be hard so i every I bar mean, is hard i yeah. think people like to just say like oh i passed the hardest test i who knows who knows if i if i took another you know state i would pass but right Honestly,
3: I, I, I hear that Florida is pretty hard because they also have like distinctions and like a different essay day or something. Um, I think another thing with California is that our, our total pass score is uh, higher than other states, even though they just lowered it. That's what it is. Um, yeah. So
2: they're kind of just like. Exactly. And same with our MPRE. Our MPRE is the highest. Mm. We need like an 86. need like an 86 to pass and other states are like 70 yeah. something. So yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yeah
3: so it's just um I don't know I mean those bar registration fees for California are pretty high too so maybe they're just trying to get people to it's all conspiracy to to more through that I I don't know but <laughs> yeah yeah but I think like for me the challenging part was the distinctions and like being mm-hmm. able to remember and recall them
2: like PR like
3: we had Oh, my. Yeah. Professional responsibility. So California also has its own PR code. It's not just it's the ABA. So it's like we had to know that and yeah. the distinctions. And then like almost every bar essay that, that has been tested has asked for mm-hmm. both. So that was just really frustrating. Um, it's just
2: a lot of information to keep in your brain. Wow. I made up a yeah, lot of rules yeah. on PM. <laughs> well. It, it happened, okay. and well, it's okay. Yeah.
0: Thank you guys for providing that overview. So yeah. you already passed. You got the ESQ next to your name. So let's talk about what y'all doing now as entertainment uh, attorney. Yeah, of attorney. course. So can you give a brief overview for our listeners who don't know what is an intern- entertainment attorney and what do y'all actually do?
3: Yeah. So entertainment Mm -hmm. law encompasses a lot. So it's not just one type of thing. So Mm. you could be in film, TV, music, theater, um, podcasting is becoming Mm -hmm. a really big one too. Um, there's some like you right. know tech law overlaps and stuff like that, and it encompasses a lot of different things like transactional law where you're working with contracts, or you could do litigation, litigating mm-hmm. entertainment related things. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of intellectual property, really? a lot of employment law, um, a lot of contract law, obviously, and also a lot of corporations, which I've mm-hmm. recently come to find. Um, But also, so it just kind of like depends on what area you're drawn to. So, for example, for me, I am in music law and a lot of what I do every day is I draft contracts and I review contracts. Um, Sometimes I'll review uh, or research like such and such client wants to start this platform that uses music, you know, what do they need to do? What kind of licenses Mm -hmm. do they need to procure? Um, Like right Mm -hmm. now, one of our clients is about to start a tour and now I'm doing tour employment agreements, which I had never been
1: (laughs) exposed to before. I
3: know about that. I learned the difference between an exempt and non-exempt employee, which like before I never really had to know. Yeah. So, so on my end, like there's a lot Mm -hmm. you can do in music. You can work Mm -hmm. in house at a music company, like a record label or a publisher, or you can work in management or you can do talent side, which is primarily what I do where, you know, your firm represents a bunch of music clients and like you're doing their deals and, and none of it is ever the same, which I think is interesting, but it's also kind of cool to know that you're playing a part in getting something made and like contributing to whatever artistic expression yeah. that you're contributing to. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's flashier than some other uh, fields, yeah. but it's also pretty complicated. Yeah. I would say, especially when it comes mm, to like copyright mm-hmm. and stuff.
1: Yeah. So both of you had experience before going to law school in the entertainment realm. What would you like suggest for those who are already in law school who don't have the experience, but they totally love the field and that's what they have their sights set Yeah, on? that's a
2: that's a great question because I do know that entertainment is super hard to get into. And so um, like Suna mentioned earlier, we're very big on networking. And so um, I think it's very important to go on LinkedIn Find Mm -hmm. people who went to your school, look at where they work now, whether that's in-house, whether that's that's at a law firm like Suna or an in-house like me, see what you want, what Mm -hmm. you're interested in and reach out to these people. Most people mm-hmm. are going to say yes. Obviously, there are those people that are going to ghost you, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Um, I've been ghosted a lot this past year, so yes, mm-hmm. I'm okay. Well,
3: yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, at least you're trying. It happens, you so. Oh, it's
0: by guys.
3: <laughs>
0: oh. Professional ghost has hit different though. You know, it's it's, it's okay.
2: Getting ghosted. Um, <laughs> well, that too. I do have to say professional ghosting kind of hurts a little more. Right?
0: You're like, Ouch. So- I wrote this whole cover letter and you said nothing. Okay. Exactly. I shred it. Exactly. You know, just like all my dreams. But...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. That's hysterical. Oh, my goodness. But, but yeah, so... Just reach out to people that went to your school and for the most part, they're willing to take like a call with you and Mm. just talk to you. If someone reached out to me and, you know, people don't really reach out Mm -hmm. to me and I kind of wish more people did because if they reached out to me and they were like, hey, can we just like hop on a quick call and you can just tell me, you know, a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you got there and do you have advice for me and what's that path like, I would take the call. So that's, I I mean, obviously I can't speak for everyone else, but I know Suna and I would. So just reach out to people because that doesn't hurt. Also apply to a million jobs. Like I know for the most part, you're not going to like hear back and that's okay. But in the past for me, what has happened with like super big companies is I'll apply to a job and then I'll Mm -hmm. find the recruiter. And I'll reach out to the recruiter, and I'll say hi. Whoa. I just passed the bar. Okay. Or I'm waiting for bar results, and I'm really interested in this position. I was wondering if you were the right person to speak to regarding the position, and I've gotten interviews that way. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so you nice, kinda, yeah.
1: So you go directly to the recruiters.
2: So are you seeing this on
1: on LinkedIn too, or is it just like you're thinking of companies that you know of?
2: So I'll give you an example. So I guess one time, like months ago, a recruiter, you know, had reached out to me and was like, are you interested in this position? But then it never ended up working out. And then like, I guess like as I was applying to jobs, I reached back out to her and I was like, Hey, by the way, I applied to this job at your company. Do you like, are you the person that's kind of like handling this job? She's like, no, but I'll put you in touch with the recruiter who was. So that's kind of how I got an interview Mm -hmm. for this. It's big studio. So you kind of just if you don't put your name out there, you don't put yourself out there. No one's g- yeah. they're not going to look at your resume. They don't that's not how it works, unfortunately. It's a very competitive yeah. industry and if you want to get your name out there, very people based totally. industry too. So you just yeah. have to put yourself out there yeah. because I've gotten contacted by a lot of really big companies and I attribute that to me being very pushy and not necessarily pushy, but like a little bit aggressive in the fact that determined.
0: like, let's let's reframe no, determined. all this. You know, yeah. words. Yeah, <laughs> women okay, we're, like we're bossy, we're pushy. Like, no, we're determined. We're persistent. Yeah, organized. Great, yeah, organized. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And just staying in
2: touch, staying in on top of things, and you'll. I'm telling you, like, things work out that way. And I'm very, very big. Like, my little sister, for example, like, she's in college right now and she really wants a (laughs) job at this one company. And I literally was like, girl, you got to just message them Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. Just be pushy. Message this person, message this person, because they're not going to know who you are. They're not going to find your resume Mm -hmm. if you don't. So, I was like, listen to me, girl, mm-hmm. please. And I don't think she did, <laughs> but that's not my problem because you don't right, want to take right. my advice. Yeah. <laughs> it can I can you work there. out for yeah. you. But yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So that's that's my Okay. Best yeah.
3: I'll add to that. Um, in addition to it helping you get more opportunities, it also helps to have people who can vouch for you down mm-hmm. the line. So, which oh, yeah. played a huge role in me getting the job that I ended up getting. Because I applied online. And the thing is, like, as a as a backstory, I've always gotten jobs through personal referrals. Like, blind applying Crazy, online. Right? Same. never worked for me like it has for Kayla. Yeah. So, like, I applied to this job during bar prep because I was like, huh, music transactions associate. That sounds like what I want to do. It was, like, the end of June. They wanted bar <sighs> passage. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to apply. Like, I remember I asked Kayla, like, do you think I should go for it? She was like, mm. yeah, why not? So... Mm-hmm. I applied and my resume did get me through because I had a demonstrated interest uh-huh. in entertainment and music law specifically, like all of my right, internships right, showed, right. That. My extracurriculars mm-hmm. showed that my um, extracurricular showed that. So when I got into the process, I basically hit up my contacts. I was like, Hey, I'm interviewing at this firm. Do you know anyone there? Can you put in a good word for me? And I later found out that one of my, um, Mentors actually was sort of the deciding. Her recommendation was apparently the deciding factor for my boss hiring me because she was like, "This person, I know her. She she's really like a no BS, Mm -hmm. like intense, like serious, like you know, good. You know, I she's a good judge Mm -hmm. of character. And because she referred me, because they they were between me and another person, Mm -hmm. and that was apparently the Mm -hmm. deciding factor. So it's like. You want to have people in your corner in that sense. So Mm -hmm. a good way of doing that is to consistently network, but also keep those relationships going, like follow up with people every Mm -hmm. few months. Be like, hey, like I'd love to catch up. Like, are you around for like a Zoom coffee or a phone call Uh or something like that? And through that, it's like you get your name out there even more and you actually learn about opportunities that haven't been posted yet because Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I know someone who might be good for that. So in addition to networking, Um, like let's say you got your foot in the door for your first job, just keep it up and keep working throughout law school and try to get as much experience as you can and meet as many people as you can Um, because the next thing that they will look at or when they're interviewing you, they will ask you about is if you have that demonstrated interest in the field because a lot of people want to go into entertainment or music or whatever it is because Mm -hmm. it's cool, not necessarily because they're passionate about it but because it's cool. But at the end of the day, it's also a lot of work so they want to know that like okay this person is right. serious right. enough about this field that they're right. going to do the work. So I think that that's really mm-hmm. important too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, networking is the main the main spiel for entertainment law is is you just got to know people, get people mm-hmm. in your corner, always be professional, always be nice, just be totally. respectful. And just stay up to date on what's happening, so you have stuff mm-hmm. to talk about. And yeah, I think like you know, your reputation will precede you, so it's important.
1: Hundred percent. I think that's not taught enough in law school too. I mean, because most people yeah. are K through JD, so they don't have a lot of experience of mm-hmm. knowing. Like, you know, everyone has a personal brand. Are you that person that's always late to class? Yeah. Are you that one that like always forgets to unmute your or for forgets to mute yourself once you go on Zoom? You know, and like oh, you God. say weird things. You know, like people forget that it is a brand at the end of the day. And so, you know someone's going to vouch for your brand based on how you've treated other people. Like, are you consistent? Like, are you competent? All those type of things. Do you want to work mm-hmm. with that person? Because I think so much oh, is yeah. placed on GPA and where you went to school that people tend to forget, you know, like, do I even want to sit next to this person or even like text them at the end of the day, <laughs> you know? And so yeah, like, right? just being, yeah. like you said, nice and accountable and like a solid person, I think just goes so, so mm-hmm. far yeah
3: yeah and also in entertainment too i mean it's true for every field probably but i've noticed in entertainment specifically is the most successful people are always the nicest ones they're not the ones who are like trying to be influencers on instagram mm-hmm. or linkedin mm-hmm. like they're actually on the ground doing the work right. and everyone speaks right. highly of them so you know Agreed. that's a good examples mm-hmm. to follow
1: I love that. It's probably going to be the quote, one of the quotes that we got <laughs> coming this week. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just want to mention yeah. while,
0: while you were talking, I added you on LinkedIn. So please don't ghost me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, no, I think that's, that's very key like networking it's not about you know who you or what you know it's sometimes it's about who you know mm-hmm. on top of that what you're saying uh yep, Suna yeah. how important it is to like actually be passionate about what you do because eventually it's gonna you know people are gonna see that you're just in there for the yeah the glitz and glam you're not really serious
3: yeah yeah I mean it's hard work and it's not interesting right. all the time so it's like You know, you you need the motivation behind it to make it worth
0: it. Well, thank you, Kayla and Suna, so much for dropping all the gems about the California bar (laughs) and entertainment law. Like, I feel like this is a really good double feature episode.
1: Oh, totally. And very good motivating episode, too. Like, because I feel like I I can do it now.
0: Yes, you can. You will both do it. We believe in you. (laughs) All right. Well, before we let you go, um, it's tradition for us to always ask our guests um, what your favorite food is, or two fun questions, and um, today's no different. So the first question we want to ask you all is, what is your favorite food, or your go-to like comfort food?
3: Popcorn. I will eat it all day, every day. I don't <laughs> care. I love popcorn. That specific brand, or no? I I make my own. I don't buy like the bags or the microwave. Um, it is
2: literally the best.
0: What about you, Kayla? Mm-hmm. ah i have
2: so many i guess i guess like nachos i just vibe with nachos get me a nice plate <laughs> of hot nachos with beans not jalapenos because i don't i can't do spicy but <laughs> you put like nachos. chicken
0: beef <laughs> fur, or just straight cheese just
2: can't go wrong with cheese though yeah no just mm-hmm. like straight cheese with like beans and like guac it's and no sour cream yeah it's okay. It's, it's just like my comfort food. It's like my that's favorite awesome. thing ever. So,
0: so yeah. So next time I'm in LA, I'm gonna go have nachos with you. Yes. Can so we get nachos then? with us? <laughs> yeah. Slow down. Absolutely. Let us know. Yeah. Okay, okay. And then our next question is a little bit more reflective, especially now that you guys have finished the bar and finished law school. But what's something that COVID or like this whole pandemic has taught you guys about yourself?
3: Ooh, that's a really good question. I think for me is to recognize when I need to slow down Um, just because law school is very go, go, go. And I'm I'm running into this with my new job um, because I work from home mainly because we're still, you know, in the midst of the pandemic and it is okay to walk away from my computer for 15 minutes instead of just like being glued to my desk all day. And just, I'm trying to get better at recognizing when I'm burned out and I think that's been um, the main theme of going remote and working from home because we did half Mm -hmm. of law school uh, online. So it's like when you have you, when you no longer have that separation of space, I think it's important to try to like step back for a moment and reassess and like figure it out. And, and, you know, it's things work out in the end and like trying to remind yourself of that and just, you know, these are just the steps I have
1: to take to get there. I like that. And
2: I guess Mm -hmm. for me um i feel like it's taught me that like there's so much time in the day mm. take take that time to really do things that um like comfort you or that are good for you and that you can do to like advance yourself as mm-hmm. a person, and like whether that's career mm-hmm. or personal.
0: Right. Um. Yeah. I
2: think I've been working in office both and working from home, and I think like I've never really taken walks before, and like I just go for walks now, and nice. it's, it's been really nice mm-hmm. for me to just clear my head, and mm-hmm. then you know yeah. also like getting massages or going on trips. Like I've really been putting myself out there in a way that I never mm-hmm. used to before Good. because I used to always hold myself down because of school, because of studying, because right. of something mm-hmm. else, and now I. I ha- I'm mm-hmm. trying to, like, live my life without having those things pulling me down yeah. and stopping me from Absolutely. living my life. Like, you're right. only getting older. Right. So I think just having time to, like, wake up early, work out, do something for yourself is just so important.
3: That's awesome. 100% yeah. agree with that. No toxic hustle culture here. You do need sleep. Yes. And
0: water. Clean <laughs> water.
3: No, I I don't vibe with that mentality at all. I think you need to take care of your Mm -hmm. body and your mind. You know, it's I'm not the best at doing it sometimes, but like the whole like I'll sleep when I'm dead or like I'll sleep when I'm sleeping in a I don't know million dollar mansion, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. No, you need to take care of your body, Mm -hmm. especially as you get older. You might start to develop autoimmune Mm -hmm. conditions or like you know other health issues so it's like you have to take care of your body yeah all right y'all
0: well um thank you once again we're gonna obviously put all these gems in our episode and all the bar tips and uh if it's okay maybe your linkedin link for uh people who have other questions regarding Mm -hmm. entertainment law or the california bar um Mm -hmm. but yeah kj where can um our listeners find uh kayla and suna and where can they find our podcast
1: we're on iTunes and Spotify and Google Podcasts, and then on Instagram we are at Two Legit Podcasts. That's the number Two Legit podcast and then Kayla and Suna are all rights reserved.
0: That's a really good name, actually. That's that's a fantastic name. <laughs> yes.
3: Thank you. I use it in my emails every day. Whenever I send stuff out, I'm like all rights. Reserved. Yeah, it was, it was a good name. Awesome. <laughs> yeah love it yeah well thank you so much for having us it was really nice getting to chat with you guys
2: thank you ladies yeah thank you so much thank Thank you. you thank you